Okay, so like we said, we're going to talk a little bit about problem-solving God's way. Now, let me first apologize to anybody here who does not have any problems and anticipates that throughout the rest of their lives they never will have a problem. This sermon is not for you. Um, you know, so you can get up, you can leave, it's, you know, don't even pay attention to it. Uh, but there is a formula that we have for the way God solves problems. Not every problem, but it is an interesting way to set our sights as to what he'll do for us. I find in life there are four categories of problems. We have spiritual problems, relational problems, physical problems, financial problems. Spiritual, I think, of all of them is the most important. That's the one that's going to last forever. And it's very important for us to get right with God. Relational, uh, friends, employers, employees, um, husbands and wives, parents, whatever. Uh, physical problems could be, you know, we've had some really wonderful miracles the last couple of months as far as uh, a few people who are very, very sick and who seem to be on the road to recovery. And, of course, financial problems, um, getting a job, having a job, not having enough money, spending too much money. We all have problems. Well, hopefully we all have problems, otherwise I'm talking for nothing. Um, let me just read a little bit. Well, okay, we're going to be talking about two kings, um, chapter 4, lines uh, verses 1 through 7. Now, when I mentioned that I was going to talk about this to Jason, Jason said, have you talked about this already? And it was like, yeah, but it was only during a drash. This is one of my favorite portions in the entire Bible. I really wanted to spend some time with it. Um, so let me read it to you so we know what we're all talking about. Now, a certain woman of the wives... Oh, this is on page 354 in case anybody wants to follow. Now, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared that annoy. Now the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. What should I do for you, Elijah asked her. Tell me, what do you have in the house? She replied, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow for yourself vessels from all your neighbors, empty jars, not just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and behind your sons and pour into all those vessels, setting aside what is full. So she left him and shut the door behind her and behind her sons. They kept bringing the vessels to her, and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. Then he said to her, There isn't another vessel. So the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, so he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt. Then you and your sons can live on the rest. Now this, if you just read this by itself and you're reading a whole bunch of the Bible at one time, you can very easily pass over this. It's a very simple little message. You would just think, all right, an old lady gets a miracle, she can pay her debt. There's nothing more to that story. But that's if you have a very simple mind. Let me show you. Mike, what's this passage about? Bob, it was just some poor woman who got a miracle. See what I mean? That's a, okay. So, um, why isn't Monique here? She would have enjoyed that. But anyway, um, but I want to take this apart verse by verse. 
Verse 1, or even part of it. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah. The first step in solving problems God's way is to be right in a right relationship with God. She mentions that her husband and that she were believers, that they have a strong fear about Adonai. I find it very difficult in my life to ask God for help with something when I haven't been obeying him, when I haven't been right with him, when I have done things my own way. Now how can you turn to him and say, hey, help me out of this? Guys you know, would say, who are you and why should I help you? You haven't listened to me? Uh, so the first step, I think, is to um, be right with God. Sometimes we're given problems to help us become right with God. Sometimes if we're off the right path, um, God will say, hey, let's throw a little something into their lives so he will turn back to me. The other part of this verse, she cried out to Elijah, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. The idea of crying out to God, asking him for help, seeking his uh, participation into your problem. And the third part of this verse, you know that your servant feared Adonai, now the creditor has come to take my two children to be slaves. The woman is identifying her problem. She knows clearly that it's a financial situation, the kids are going to be taken. Now in these days, slavery was not like we think of slavery in the 16, 17, 1800s of America, where you're on a plantation and you could be bought and sold. In these days, slavery was usually with a time, within a time frame. You might have been slave for five years or whatever, and you were doing the work until the debt was paid off, and then you would be given your freedom. So the whole idea of slavery was not um, something that was not, uh, it was common in those days. That if you had a debt, you'd be a slave. But this woman is all alone. She just lost her husband. She has two sons, and they're about to be taken. It's important for us to know what the problem is. A lot of times um, we'll have a problem, but we think it's from, for some other reason. Um, you have a health problem. Your uh, cholesterol is high. Your blood pressure is high. That's a symptom of the problem. You don't pray for lower my cholesterol. You may have to pray to lose weight. You may have to concentrate on something like that. So it's important first get a clear picture of what your problem is. Moving on to verse 2. What should I do for you, Elisha asked her. Tell me, what do you have in the house? That's important. He's not saying, look under your bed and we'll find a bag of gold. And, you know, this is... You start with what you already have. If you're going to want a miracle, if you want God to participate, look around at your own resources. Who are you? What is your talent? What is your ability to get out of the problem? And don't estimate um, what you have. She replies, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. It's not nothing. We are given gifts by God. Whatever we have at the time is exactly how much God wants us to have. So don't underestimate your power. Don't underestimate your resources. Uh, don't say nothing but a jar of oil. You say, I have a jar of oil. Let's start there. Uh, verses 3 through 4. Then he said, go. Borrow for yourself vessels from all your neighbors. Empty jars, not just a few. Um, Personally, I, well, okay, first you're told to go. 
an action verb. You're told what to do. You have to borrow from, uh, from your neighbors. Again, we're turning here to community. We don't necessarily have to solve problems by ourselves. We can ask for help. We can ask people to loan us drugs. But we can just seek what we have and find help to use it. What I like, my, one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is the words, not just a few. I would love to have that tattoo. If I was ever get a tattoo, I think I would get tattooed on my hands or something, not just a few. If you're going to work, work a lot. Don't, oh, okay, I borrow two or three jars. You know, that's enough. That satisfies God's needs. You work as hard as you can. You borrow as many as you can, not just a few. You have to take action, and you have to take strong action. It reminds me of the, uh, in Mark 5, the story about the um, woman who was bleeding. She was bleeding for years. She um, pushed her way through the crowd and touched the hem of uh, the Lord's cloak. Um, she did some action. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to pray, and maybe, maybe, maybe God will hear my prayer. Maybe something will happen. She took action. I think that's one of the problems that we have, or at least that's one of the problems I always have. I once had a, a major writing assignment. I was really having trouble doing it, and when I first came to the Lord, it was during this problem, and I really thought that I would sit on my couch at home watching TV, and miraculously, my hands would levitate, I'd move over to the computer, I'd start typing, and these words would come to me, and, you know, it didn't happen that way. I had to sit down, I had to concentrate, I had to think, I had to do a little research, I had to pray a lot as to you know, give me the right words, but I had to get up at least and sit down and start doing it. Verse 4. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and behind your sons, and pour, all those, and pour into all those vessels, setting aside what is full. We have to, again, we have to work. And notice he says, all those vessels. Um, there's an optimism here that it's not just going to be two or three vessels it's not going to just stop after a few it's going to be all the vessels that you've gotten it's part of God living up to his promises God has made various various promises to us and we should hold them to it we should act accordingly as if those promises will be solved and will be given to us in fact that would be a great sermon someday just going through some of the promises of God and how we can use them in our lives today. Um, also, sometimes we work uh, alone. You know, sometimes we work in privacy. You don't have to run around the street shouting, God's working in my life, God's working in my life. You know, let it be enough that he's doing it. So sometimes we shut the door behind us. Verse 5, So she left him and shut the door behind her and behind her sons, they kept bringing the vessels to her, and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. Uh, diligence. It wasn't, I'm going to just pour in a few, I'm going to give up after a while, I'm going to uh, take a break, I'm going to relax, uh, maybe I'll do some more pouring tomorrow. When you start the task, keep doing the task. Um, you cannot spend your life depending on others to do things for you. I think, again, that's one of the, I think there are some people who are problem junkies. They just love to have somebody else do the task for them. I've got a problem, but, yeah, you know, I'll just mention to a few people, maybe somebody will come and do it for me. Do it yourself. 
you know how we always have um, kids in school, one of the things in their report card is they work well with others. Uh, sometimes we have to work well by ourselves. We have to rely on God that he will help us and things will get done. Okay, 6B, well, we already read that. When the vessels are, were full, she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. God's, God works with us as long as we're working. He partners with us. But if we were to stop working, most likely he will stop working. But he said to her, there isn't any vessel. So the oil stopped. He stops when we stop. He stops in his own good time, too. He didn't stop and there were still a bunch of vessels to be filled. He didn't have a whole bunch of oil left over. Oh, my goodness, I didn't get any vessels. The oil filled as many vessels as were there. No more, no less. Finally, then she came and told the man of God. So he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt. Then you and your sons can live on the rest. We have to be responsible when we get a, a miracle happening to us. It wasn't, okay, you got a whole bunch of oil, now sell it, and you know, live happily ever after. Oh, by the way, pay your debt you know, whenever you feel like it. Buy yourself some nice things first, take a vacation, and then whatever's left over, pay your debt. Pay your debt first. Do your responsibility first. She told the man of God what had happened, so there was some accountability. She was working with him, working through, with God through him, and um, she was accountable to him. Um, she continued to, uh, to get some advice from him. The whole idea of this now is to work with God, work with what you have, work with where you are now, and he will add, he will add to you. You can't, you know, here I am talking about this moment of a miracle, but it's more than a miracle. It's her working with it to make the miracle happen. You know, we don't have a um, situation, you, you never, ever, ever hear about um, somebody who's offered a job, it's a wonderful job, but they make you work on Saturday, and therefore, uh, I won't take the job. And then lo and behold, a few weeks later, a month or two later, you get an even better job. Things like that don't happen. Or somebody who loses a lot of weight and then finds a girl and gets married. Things like that don't happen. Oh boy, I wish Monique and Vlad were here right now. I could have just turned to them and now I was going to say, sometimes those things happen. But the idea is that there are miracles happening all around us. I think one of the problems we have sometimes is that we don't acknowledge them. That once it happens, it's like, oh yeah, that would have happened anyway. Or, oh yeah, it's just, you know, just by luck that it happened. We have to look at God working within our lives. We have to share the miracles with other people when we see what has happened. And hopefully he'll work with us continuously. Thank you.